Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again in McKinney, Texas, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, it's good to see you. Mm, yeah, I got I the see the side right of your face. Side of my face. I'll look at you. <laughs> you know, you don't have to do that. I don't I don't want to force you to to look off your camera or look mm. off your screen to the camera. It's okay. But yeah. You get the um, good profile. Get the good profile. Yeah, I get get the profile. Um how, how have you been? How's everything been since the last time we recorded, which was like three days ago? Good. Anything I'm- fun? No, How was your 4th of July weekend? We never talked about that, even though that was like a week ago at this point. It was good. Went to went to Lake Texoma, you know, uh, swam around. Uh, yeah, we saw a water moccasin in open water. That was kind of scary. That is that is scary. I don't know. It I was like remember. a scene from Jaws. It was like everyone was like just chilling. And all of a sudden it was like, snake. And it oh was like, God. it was just, you know, it was just cruising. They're fast. Yeah, that's terrifying. That's hey, you know, you got to gotta live life on the edge occasionally. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that is that is true. Um, today, Colin, we are going to be talking about the defensive line uh, in the first of our three defensive uh, seri- or parts in this series. So we have defense line, linebackers, secondary. Y'all know how this goes. If you haven't already checked out the four offensive podcasts we did, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, and tight ends, and uh, – offensive line uh check those out on apple soundcloud everywhere not everywhere but those two places and yeah colin we get to defense line and i don't remember if i've asked you this before but i guess we'll start with this should this be the best unit on the defense this year yes because it has all of the what you wanted last year on it and they're all coming back and then you add more and then you get a new defensive coordinator and uh, and presumably a new kind of a new multiple type right of a new scheme that's what I meant with that yeah scheme. um I saw well I always I think I brought this up before but last year when I talked to Clint Bowen before the year he said hands down the linebackers were the best unit so and I believed him and I and I still do believe him last year that the linebackers were the best the best unit of the defense is just with everything else being so bad it didn't really show um, right. But this year, especially if they play a 4-2-5, even let's say they play that 50% of the time, I think it really magnifies the importance of this defensive line. And to go to what you're saying, on paper, this group should be spectacular. Like this, this, this group needs to be very, very good for, the, for this team. And I was reading, I don't remember, man, I'm, I'm going to look and double check. I don't think it was the roost. It was one person put out their first team. All No, it wasn't the roost, but someone put out their first team, all conference pre uh, teams for come mm-hmm. Tuesday, And they had both Dion Noville and in in inch Jackson as two of like the three defensive tackles on the first. How do you say that in Jackson? How do you say it? I would say like, now I sound stupid. Enoch or Enoch. Enoch. I would, I would say, hold on. It's definitely a notch. I'm just going to say a notch. Enoch? We should have had this figured out already. Let's just say Jack. Hold on. Hold on. Did you ask Google? What I'm Google currently watching a 42 a 42 second video of, uh, of I, this. I think Google just would have told you. It's a biblical name. Oh, really? 
a notch. I feel like I've I've never heard anybody's with that name before. So, what is it? What does it say? Enoch. I was right. Enoch. Yep. I feel like we just need to like ask him, but Enoch. or you know, he, he was definitely named after whoever this is in the Bible, and uh, yeah. So no need to ask because e. of that. All right, big E in the middle. Big E in the middle. I just rolled my eyes at you. Uh, you know, I think with his expectations, I don't know what they that person knows that I don't. But obviously, Jackson comes over here as a highly touted player from almost a French forced a French four star guy uh, from Arkansas. So that duo in the middle should be fine, and then you get the Murphy brothers on the outside. Let's start with defensive tackle though. Because uh, you get Dion Noville, Enoch Jackson, Tayshawn Johnson, Calvin Hutchings, who I think has potential to be maybe the third best defense tackle in this group. Uh, Dayton LeBlanc, returner. Then you got three freshmen in Kevin Green, Fatafehi, Vela, Valea, Valea, and uh, Rod Brown. So you're looking at a pretty deep defense tackle group on paper, but I think we both can agree that it just comes down to Dion Noville at this point, right? Right. I mean, he's he's the he's the ceiling, so to speak, of, of this uh, of this defensive line. And he came back because he didn't have a great year last year. So if he doesn't have another good year, then everything we thought we knew about him is not is not correct. And we when we did the top 25 player rankings, we both had him or I had him four. you had him one. I think it was still very high um, on both of our lists. And the thing that gets you when you look at his stats is that. He had, I believe it was, I, I should have had this on hand before, but I believe it was, he had eight and a half. No, how many tackles for loss did he have? Let me pull it up real quick. But five of like his tackles for loss last year, I think it was eight and a half tackles for loss and five of them were in that Rice game alone. Yeah. Like it was, it was such an a outlier game compared to the rest of his season that it super inflated his stats. And... I don't want to say it maybe caused us. No, it did. It caused us to remember his year a little bit more fondly than I think it, it should have been. Remembered. Yeah. He was first team all conference last year. And again, if you take away that rice game, we're looking at a guy that had a good year, but didn't have the year that like Ladarius Hamilton had in his right. career. Right. Like this mm-hmm. isn't a Dion Noville season that I don't even think he would say that he was a dominant, a dominant player. So um, he had two and a half sacks uh, on the season. Uh, one of those sacks was in that rice game. He had two forced fumbles in that rice game, five tackles for loss in that rice game. Um, it was just a year where he was just super inconsistent because there were only three games out of the eight that he played in or the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He played in all 10. He only had, tackles for loss in three games and the that was rice one or rice he had five middle tennessee two and southern miss one all the other games he had zero so with that being said he knew coming out of this last season i need to have a way more consistent season way more um just a much more dominant season if he's gonna have any chance of going to the nfl because going into last year we were both like all right this is the year donoville is gonna be great and right. he showed flashes of it, but 
he, along with the rest of the defense, just had zero consistency. So, um, I I don't know. Do you think he reaches that that ceiling of putting up consistent? Like, let's say he puts up. Like is like twelve tackles for loss fair to him? Like twelve tackles for loss in twelve games? Like is that a fair number for him, or is it even higher? Because there's there's defense tackles that get one and a half tackles for loss per game, per game. I mean, if we expect him to be what we think he is, I mean, I think he needs to be the best defensive tackle in Conference USA, and I think that would merit the one and a half a game that that you just mentioned. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I mean that's that's his expectation because uh, look, he we've been talking him up for three years now and uh so far we haven't seen i mean like like we and we looked at film you had that film review where he's just blowing past dudes but at some point in time you have to be able to you know put put something on paper and if if that doesn't happen then then blowing past guys doesn't mean anything yeah because i did that film yeah that's a good point you bring up that film film review where he was able to shed blocks but he wasn't able to be impactful on defenses which uh, are on offenses uh, which is partially because of the defense around him. The defense around him was not able to shed blocks in any way, shape, or form, or and wasn't able to make tackles. So that didn't help him. So I definitely think he is a first-team all-conference talent. Um, all I'm saying is that last year, we went through the first four games of the season, and we were like, where's Deion O'Ville? He didn't have a sack in the first four games of the season. He had one tackles for loss in the first four games of the season last year. And we are just like, what is going on? So then when when I did that film review, it made sense at least why he wasn't in those tackles. But still, a productive defense, especially a productive defense this year, will record will result in the defensive line putting up incredible numbers. Mm-hmm. If it's a 4-2-5 defense, the run defense will have a lot more responsibility the defensive line will have a lot more responsibility in that in that run defense and the run gaps and the run discipline even more than the linebackers in some situations, even though the linebackers obviously have um, a lot to do with it. So that starts with Deion Noville. I think you've said it very well in that, that he kind of sets the ceiling of this team. And I'll tell you a step further is that he, if he has a great year on defense, then that means the defense is going to have a pretty good year because he is in part – a product of what this defense can do around him. And yeah. that's for everybody on the defense line. I think if the Murphy brothers have a really good year, that's because Deion O'Ville had a good year and the linebackers are being aggressive and they're being, and the coverage is holding up. Right. So defense is all interconnected in that way. Um, but is there anything else on defensive tackles that you're looking for just in, in this season? I just, I think the big thing is we just got to see someone have pressure on the end. Um, we saw on the some inside of it- or the end or the edge, the edge. I mean, I guess anywhere, but I mean the edge. Uh, like we saw it with Grayson Murphy and Gabe uh, Gabriel Murphy, but we need to see it consistent, consistently, and not to where it's like like last year. Yes, Grayson and Gabriel were good, but I feel like it was more so because we were like, oh, Devontae McRae is getting beat out by freshmen in terms of like production wise, like a surprise so, factor. Yeah, exactly. So we need to be able to see that and see it actually have tangible results on the field in terms of outcomes of games, um, and it can't just be Dion Noville. Although we're not going to give, I don't think it's, it's fair to give him the benefit of the doubt under the year. So for sure. Um, I, I agree with you on the Murphy brothers last year while they were good. It was not, it's not like they were dominating games, right? It was because uh, everyone else couldn't do anything. 
Yeah, so it's like every time they did something, it was like, oh, these guys are actual capable defensive players and they're very talented players and um, they deserve to be praised last year. But again, it was like rearranging uh, chairs on the Titanic, which is a phrase that I learned like a month ago that I've started saying a lot that I love. Well, if you say it again during this podcast, it's it's rearranging. What was it? Rearranging uh, uh, deck chairs or something like that on Titanic. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. So that's what it felt like last year. Um, Devontae McCray should be the guy, should be a guy. I'll say not the guy, obviously. Should be a guy. They should be able to throw in there on on the edge and get ta- uh, get sacks. He's one of the guys who led the charge in taking to social media and saying we need to go to a four-man front, which was echoed by basically half the defense. But still, Devontae McCray is the guy who we know he is not afraid to speak his mind. He is a very open guy who wants to be great, and he puts a lot of pressure on himself. So coming off of last year where he did basically nothing, this is the year where he's going to expect himself to have a breakout year. And so yep. we, he hears us probably – or he re- hear reads or I don't know if he does, but whatever. He probably hears people talking about the Murphy brothers, and he's like, that should be me. I should be in that conversation. I should, you know, be the best pass rusher on this team. And I think he has the potential to do that because coming out of junior college, he was a super high rated player and a very successful junior college player and a player that a lot of teams, not just in conference USA, but all G five and even some P five teams could have used. Now you have your four man front. You have, you're going to be playing on the outside even more. You're not going to be playing, playing straight up with those tackles or even on the inside of tackles. You're going to be playing on the outside. You can use your speed more. Devontae McCray is a guy who needs to be a beast. Like he needs to be a beast. And um, you have the Murphy brothers, but Devontae McCray can add to that consistency that you talked about to where if you have to sub one out or if you bring, or even if you start McCray, and bring one of the Murphy brothers in uh, as a sub. That adds the consistency that, that you kind of mentioned. So mm-hmm. um, you have those guys on the edge. Um, not for nothing, Jonathan Pickett, Cameron Hill, transfer from Abilene Christian, Caleb Colvin, Kenneth Dotson, Cortland Rossaw, uh, Jimmy Walker. Have a lot of guys on the edge. You just need some guys to stick. And I will say one other thing before we wrap it up. I was impressed with their pass rush last year, but – this goes for everybody in this defense, and it will be a trend throughout the the uh, our defensive podcast. Oh, we need to see them make plays in the run game this year. Mm-hmm. Like I said, defensive line against the run is going to be huge. They're going to have to fill more gaps. They're going to have to shed blocks, have their eyes in the right position. Um, so it, run defense for these guys might even be more important than their pass rush. Yeah, because good lord, they have a long ways to go in stopping the run as a team, as a team, not just these guys. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how much more ex- optimistic I can be about these guys because I think that they have a lot of talent. It's just you, like I've said before on I don't remember what podcast it was. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and that's about as much as I can do for this defensive line. I will agree with you, though, that I think that they're the best unit on this defense. Yeah. So anything else, Colin? Nope. All right. 
Well, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us five-star rating and review on Apple. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter at MingGreen247. Follow Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And subscribe to MingGreen247.com. Uh, check out the other podcast on in this series, and we will have the linebackers and secondary podcast out later this week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you later.